0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period
1: at shopify.com slash specialoffer all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street.
1: It's the biggest news of the day. Every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following, of course, um, listening in to the podcast and of course our video feed 94wip the youtube page subscribe there you'll get all our podcasts immediately when they go live and of course tucker bagley joins me on the video podcast to give his take on the biggest story of the day and, and today it's unfortunately for the sixers it is always unfortunately for the sixers like I, I it never feels good talking about the sixers it's Joel bean and his comments uh which actually happened a few days ago with maverick carter and, and they came out yesterday we were acting a little bit yesterday on wip And of course, I want to give my full thoughts here on WIP Daily with Joel Embiid and and his assertion that he wants to win a championship, whether that be in Philadelphia or somewhere else. And for the first time, really throwing throwing something out there that eventually this could lead to Joel Embiid not being in Philadelphia. I, I think this is inevitable. I think we've been trending towards this for a little while now. And I have a lot of frustration towards all the parties involved here, but specifically Joel Embiid. And look, he's allowed to feel whatever he wants to feel. He's allowed to say whatever he wants to say. He's a grown man and, you know, whatever. Like, he, he, if, he, if he's starting to wonder if his career here is going to end in a championship, he's not alone. Because I, two years ago, I said, it's, they're, they're not going to win a title with this guy here. But what's frustrating is listening to him talk about it and just the abdicating of responsibility that he seems to have, that he wants to win here. And it's almost the way he framed it. It's everybody else's fault. That it's you know not his, it's everybody else's fault. And I'm not going to pretend that the Sixers haven't made mistakes around him. They have roster decisions, guys they've kept, guys they they've traded away, uh, moves they've they've made, and it's, it's been a lot of mistakes in building a trying to build a championship team around Joel Embiid. That's obvious. But what's also obvious is the common denominator in all of this, from front office to players to coaches. There's only one that has been here since the beginning of this when they drafted this guy. And that is Joel Embiid. He's the common denominator. And even if you want to take out those first few years because injuries, and you want to just say from the first time they made the playoffs, when their first playoff trip happened with Joel Embiid to now. That six-year span. He's the only one that has been here through it all. So every year when they lose, he's the common denominator. And I have yet to find a series where Joel Embiid was truly great in, in the NBA playoffs, ever. He's had some moments. He's had some games here and there. But not pillar to post greatness by Joel Embiid, especially when you get beyond the first round. You know they could beat up some the Nets in the first round. Nobody cares. Second round is where it usually gets real in the NBA playoffs, and Joel Embiid has often been just a, a poor version of himself in those spots. So to hear that, it's frustrating, and I actually you know feel bad for all of you out there, and, and uh, I'm sure in a few minutes Tucker will we'll, we'll continue this. But I, I feel bad for everyone out there who's defended Joel Embiid for all these years. And, and there's been a lot of different steps along the way, whether it be his play, whether it be the time that he basically shushed the crowd. Uh, everybody said shut the bleep up. I think he mouthed it you know, that night that we reacted on WIP those years ago when he heard some criticism and then he fired back. You know, whatever it's been, through every step, Joel Embiid has had many defenders. And I think part of it is he's a good player. And he's a homegrown player and a player that was drafted here, so you want to defend him. You want to believe in him. You want to believe this is going to work. I I, I totally understand that, but I think the other reason why Joel Embiid has so many defenders is he's been looked at, and I mean, seriously, I mean, I was going to say figuratively, literally, literally attached himself to the name, the process. Right, the process was polarizing. So I feel I've always felt like because he's the attachment to the process to Sam Hinkie, he all the emotion. From that side of the argument, and I was, I was for it. I was, I was on that side. They should tank. They should do all that, all that stuff that you know, you know, in the, in the ancient history now. But I was on it. I was on board with that. But I think a lot of the defense of Joel Embiid stems just from that. Like he's the symbol of this. He's the reason for this. It's all going to work. Everyone that thought this was the right way was right, and and we want to defend that to the end, right? It's almost like this. Joel Embiid has become the hill you die on. You know, in some sectors of of the fan base, and and I, I understand. but I feel bad. I feel bad if you're still there. I mean, I I believed in the process. I'm off Embiid. I, I've separated the two. One one's an idea. One is a theory. One is a a thought exercise. One is a, you know basketball experiment. The other one is a person that has not lived up to his billing in the postseason year after year. It's just it's just the reality of him. But I feel bad if you're a big Joel Embiid defender because this guy has never figured it out. He's never grown up since he got in the NBA. Is he a better player now than he used to be? Of course he is. You know, He's, he's developed into an MVP uh, of the league, which is incredible. There's very few guys that have ever done that. I think it's like 35 or 36 players have ever won an NBA MVP award. So he's in a rare group of talented individuals. He's also in a one-of-one group in which NBA MVPs that have never got past the second round, there's just one, and his name is Joel Embiid, So you you factor all this in, the ups, the downs, the great, the not so great, and you think about all the defense of this guy. And then I I thought it was spitting in everyone's face saying what he said. Look, if he wants to have those conversations behind closed doors with Daryl Morey about his future, about now feeling some uncertainty, that's fine. He won't be the first. He won't be the last NBA player to have those opinions, feelings, whatever. But to throw it out there like that, I, I just thought it was a slap in the face to the fan base especially the, the sector of the fan base that really believes in this guy. I also think he's just completely taking himself away from the responsibility here of, of his fault and why this team has not won a championship or really even come close to a championship. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating because the Sixers are a mess. They're a mess from top to bottom. And, you know, I, I think the Sixers missed the boat on this Embiid thing. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and maybe even a year ago, but let's just say three weeks ago. At some point, you have to have a realization that what you're doing is not working. You, you know, it's the old line, you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, it's insanity. The Sixers are insane to expect this thing to turn into a championship team. I, I believe that. they It's not going to happen, so they could have changed it. They could have tried, let's just say when the season ended, to, to gauge Embiid's value in the trade market and blow the whole thing up Keep Maxi and trade everyone else away. They could have done that from, you know, a lot of great reporters in the NBA, locally and nationally, they didn't do that. I mean, there was there was no chatter really about trading Joel Embiid. So now they're on his timeline. And the fear I had a month ago when I said blow it up, and the fear I have now is that Joel Embiid's timeline will not be good for the Sixers. And what I mean by that is right now he's the MVP of the league. Right now, He's relatively healthy. We know he had the knee sprain in the playoffs, but it wasn't like a, an ACL tear or a broken foot or, or anything you'd kind of worry about into next season. So he is relatively healthy. He just finished an MVP season. I don't think executives in the NBA, really all sports, are as championship-centric as we are. I think they're more black and white statistics, you know – plus minus analytics, whatever you want to use. Like they think of things in a more global picture. We think of it as he's a loser, he's not. So I, I, I think there'd be big value for Joel Embiid. Heck, Rudy Gobert got like four number one picks a year ago and Joel is, is so much of a better basketball player. So this is could have been the opportunity here this off season, before free agency, right when it was all fresh around the draft to gauge the trade value of Embiid, blow the Sixers up and rebuild the whole thing while he was at probably peak value. That is just going to diminish. It's, it's like an automobile. Now Joel Embiid will only diminish in value. He reached his peak of his career physically, you know, you know, accolades, all that. So now he's only going to go down. And it feels like we're heading to a season where everyone's disgruntled. Whether Harden's here, he's not here, he's fat, he's not fat, he's trying, he's not. I don't know. It seems like a disaster waiting to happen. They haven't moved Tobias yet. Adara Moore spends more time on Twitter than he does actually making moves for the Sixers. And now you have Embiid sending the first arrow out there that maybe one day I want to be out. And of course, all the sharks are circling, saying the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. That's been the rumor in the NBA for like a year now. So you play it out, I imagine they're going to somewhat run this thing back. Joel's not going to be happy all year because either it's a fat suit Harden or Harden's traded for pennies and a dollar and he's like, you traded away my second best player, what am I going to do? And a year from now, Joel Embiid likely doesn't have as great of a season, probably isn't as healthy when the year ends or maybe throughout the season. The Sixers flame out again, whether it be the first or the second round. And next summer, he asks for a trade. And he will they won't get as much back for him a year ago, a year from now as they would a year ago. There's less time left on his contract. He's a year older, probably not having as great of a season. So I think the Sixers messed this up. They they almost dared Embiid to kind of go down this path. And, and Embiid, of course, takes the bait. And you know, then the whole Twitter thing, which just dude, stop tweeting. Stop saying you're a troll. You're a grown man. Like if, if you believe something, just stand on it. Just stand on it. If you don't, you don't. I, I'm just frustration has gotten to the point where I, I just I, I can't handle the Sixers team it's always nonsense more than it is substance with this basketball team I if I'm frustrated at Joel let's see what Tucker thinks Tucker's long been a Joel Embiid supporter and uh this is the latest he has to stand up for his guy who um you know I guess he was just trolling everyone Tucker
0: yeah, that's a tough one to to follow. And you know, I, I think after they lost to the Celtics, I, I said I was I was done defending him. And but I, I just I don't see the issue here, right? And this tends to happen a lot with Joel Embiid in this fan base. And you mentioned when he, he shushed everybody, and I thought it was a complete non-issue, right? Like you boo the guy, he goes out, puts up 30 and 15. He can shush you, right? Like he can do that. And, it, and maybe now it's a little different because he fell flat on his face in the playoffs once again. But the discourse around this team this entire offseason has been how poorly run they are. How Daryl Morey is a fraud and a scam artist. And James Harden is going to show up in a fat suit. Or James Harden is just, you know, grifting the team trying to make, you know, $45 million for the next half decade. And the Sixers are cooked, right? Like three or four weeks ago, everyone was saying, well, no point in watching the Sixers this year. They're going to stink and then Joel Embiid comes out and says well maybe I'll win in Philadelphia or maybe somewhere else i don't know like that isn't he just agreeing with everybody else like i think he's just as frustrated as everybody and i understand that that he's part of the reason why the fan base is frustrated and there's you know certainly a bit of a lack of accountability from him because he certainly is culpable in this entire mess if he just plays better in you know game 6 or game 7 against boston maybe we're not having This discussion and we're talking about you know next steps and and building and moving forward but if I were Joel Embiid and I was sitting there and I'm watching James Harden and Daryl Morey you know tweet and go through Shams and and Woj and talk about well he wants to play no he doesn't there was a report yesterday that you know the Sixers think Joel Embiid's like Kobe Bryant and he's gonna stay with the Sixers for for you know the rest of his life and he wants to remain here that that may very well be true but I mean, at some point, I think he has to get just as fed up as everybody else. And like I said, I I fully understand that he's culpable in all this. And he's the reason why they've struggled. And, you know, he's the common denominator in all of their second round exits. But yeah, if I were Joel Embiid and I'm looking at the roster right now and you lost like three bench guys and you're placing with Pat Beverly and Mo Bamba and James Harden's going to show up out of shape and disinterested. And I'm going to be stuck playing with him until like mid-December when he traded him for three more bench guys. Yeah, I could be sitting there and thinking, I think the writing's on the wall. I'm not sure if I'm long here from Philadelphia.
1: And I understand that. And I again, him feeling that isn't my issue. I think any player of Joel's stature on a team that continues to lose and not get close to a championship is probably going to feel like maybe it's just not going to happen. And I, I feel that. I don't think it's going to happen with Joel Embiid here. The difference is – and and maybe it's unfair. I, I don't care. You can't say it like that and then take it back and pretend you're kidding because you, you play with people's emotions. Again, especially the people who defend Joel Embiid and like Joel Embiid and believe he can win a championship here. I just can't ever imagine Jalen Hurts saying that. I just can't. I can't imagine Bryce Harper saying that. And Bryce Harper might think it. Bryce Harper's probably thought before last year, I'll, I don't know if I'm ever going to win in Philadelphia. This thing is. Screwed up. We can't put a bullpen out there. We can't fill out a bench. We can't fill out a lineup. Like we have holes. I'm sure he's thought that or wandered it deep down. You just can't say it and expect the reaction to be anything but, hey man, we've supported you. We've embraced you. And now you're saying this. And the other part that just frustrates me, and I come back to this a lot. Yes, the Sixers have made mistakes around Joel Embiid, a ton of them. But Joel Embiid hasn't carried his weight in the biggest moments. If, you, know, you go back to some of those series where LeBron James lost with the Cleveland Cavaliers early in his career, and he was putting up 35, 10-10. I mean, he was the best player in the world, and he had nothing around him. And when he went up against juggernauts, like let's say the Celtics, it just wasn't fair. He he couldn't, he couldn't will his team past a team of three Hall of Famers. And it was understandable. But you're like, all right, well, he's doing his part, and it's, it's really because he doesn't have enough around him. Joel's not doing his part. So it, it falls on deaf ears where you say, I don't know, I want to win a championship. I don't know if it's going to be here. You're part of why this doesn't work. That's It's almost like he doesn't see that. He doesn't acknowledge it. And it's the same thing like after game seven. You know, me and James can't do it alone. Like you guys played bad in that game. It was actually your teammates keeping you in the game. That's the stuff that is frustrating. The six are frustrating. Joel is. And I just thought his comments were... We're wrong. I mean, I, I just thought it's, to say those things and then to, to jokingly walk him back is, is a sign of Joel Embiid's continued immaturity. I think not, we all know how this is going to end. He's going to ask for a trade one day. I, I don't think it's going to end up like Kobe, who actually did ask for a trade from the Bulls at one point, to the Bulls at one point. Didn't happen. I don't think it ends up like Dirk. I think he gets traded likely a year from now. They do one year of this. They try it with Dick Nurse. Whatever Darryl Morey does with the roster when he's not tweeting, they'll figure out. And a year from now... This likely ends with a Joel and B trade request and just a career that should have had nothing but great vibes because of the story is going to end in Philadelphia with nothing but bad vibes. I appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast, of course, our video feed, 94WIP, our YouTube page. Thanks for watching. We'll talk tomorrow on WIP Daily.